start with the background. Um, originally from Houston, Texas, I studied physics and computer science in college and then immediately worked at an AI company called C3AI. And this was applying AI to the enterprise. So like oil and gas companies, finance companies, uh, defense tech companies. And while I was at C3, GPT-3 came out and I was kind of working on NLP at C3. So this was kind of like the next evolution of NLP. So I left C3 and started my first company, which was called Friday. It was an AI assistant for shopping. So you could text a phone number and be like, hey, I want a brown corduroy jacket. This is my size. This is my budget. Go and buy it for me. And it would buy it for you. And while I was working on that startup, I was reading a book about my grandfather and I wanted to be able to talk to him for advice because I was a solo founder and I was trying to figure out, you know, what the hell I should do. So I created a clone of him using his book and kind of treated it as my own personal mentor. And Friday got acquired and I moved to Miami to work at Open Store. But this idea of letting people clone themselves kind of really stuck with me. Um, so I met my co-founder at Open Store. We started a book club where we started to create clones of the authors of all the books we were reading in book clubs so that we could all <laughs> learn from them directly. Wait, you mean you, you actually have a book club that you actually go to and talk about books and not just drink wine like my wife does? Yeah, no wine. It's, okay. it's in the open store office. So uh, that would right. be, Keith, Keith was okay with the book club without the wine. All right, all right. <laughs> um, so yeah, Sam and I left to start Delphi, which is a digital cloning platform that allows people to create a clone of themselves that can speak like them, that, that can think like them so that people can access them when they're busy. It really helps people scale their influence, their knowledge, and their time to as many people as possible. Awesome. Is your grandpa, did you do it because he, he passed away or is he still around or like, what was the motivation there? So he passed away. Um, mm -hmm. He was a big entrepreneur in Iran before the revolution and he's someone I always looked up to. So I wanted to be able to, you know, talk to him and learn from him and apply his wisdom to my life. And I think that apply part is really important because with Delphi, we're not just trying to capture just what you know and do like a basic Q and A bot. We're also trying to capture how you think, because when people ask you for advice or your perspective, it's applied wisdom. It's not just copy paste wisdom. Got it. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. Like AI girlfriends and things like that have really gained a lot of traction lately. Like you see that all over YouTube. Um, no one really talks about talking to someone that's passed away. Like my dad passed away when I was 10 years old. And I've thought about like trying to like get all the information I have on them and, and like clone them. And like, it'd be, it's gotta be very, I don't know, like weird and amazing all at the same time. So that's something that your, your, your tool can help with. You already did it with your grand, grandfather, but it's like this idea of immortality where people can sort of live forever in their, in their consciousness by what you, what data you have about them in the past. Uh, so I might, I might give it a shot. It's pretty pretty incredible uh, where we're headed here with AI. Yeah, we don't, we didn't start with the death tech market mm -hmm. just because it, it's like a tough market to start and try to go horizontally. So while we do have customers who are using it for that, our main focus right now is are like coaches, experts, creators, CEOs, people who are super busy and want to scale themselves. Yeah. Awesome. How many people are in the, your company? You're the founder, correct? Or is there a co-founder? Co-founder and CEO. I met my co-founder uh, at Open Store. He's the CTO. And we're seven people now, and we're based in San Francisco, fully in person. I hate remote work, so it's good <laughs> to all be here. Yeah, I think it's definitely overrated being at home all the time. So yeah, <laughs> you need to get out and talk to people. So, like, how would it work in terms of, you know, someone comes to your site, they want to clone themselves, 
and maybe you can go over why someone would want to clone their clone themselves first. But once they do decide that they want to do that, how does it work in terms of them like getting onboarded, and how does it work in terms of uploading all the documents? Is it easy? Is it hard? How how does it work for the end user? Yeah, so I'll start with the why, and uh, the why for the demand side of the curve is pretty obvious. Um, you're a consumer, and only people with a lot of money or people in tight networks have access to the kind of personalized expertise that uh, you know that could change your life. And Bloom's Two Sigma shows that private tutoring increases your ability to learn by two standard deviations. Not everyone can access this kind of tutoring. Not everyone can learn from like Keith Raboy or Balaji or Naval or, you know, any of the world's greatest thinkers. So on the demand side, it's really democratizing access to expertise, personalized expertise. And for the supply side, a lot of these people get the same questions over and over again. So one, it allows them to scale their time. Two, a lot of people create content and that content is passively consumed. You know, you read it once and you think about how it applies to your life and that's it the thing about having a clone it's like interactive personalized content consumption where every time i come it's almost different because my life circumstances are a little different and the bits and pieces that might resonate are are going to pop up differently depending on where i am in life so that's another way to look at it finally um, we have a lot of people who maybe will charge a certain amount of money for an in-person meeting and they charge a lot lot less for like a subscription to their clone so it's proving to be an entirely new revenue stream for some of these clone creators. Cool. And for the clone, like once you create the clone and then say if someone has a subscription to your clone, how does it look? Is someone like, are you talking to an avatar? Is it all chat-based uh, text? Um, how does it work for the end user? So we have chat and voice. Mm -hmm. um, the chat could be in the form of SMS, WhatsApp, Slack, Discord, Instagram, and then voice, you can call them and have a real-time conversation. We'll be releasing video probably in April this year. So you, video like meaning, like if I wanted to clone myself, I would upload, like the AI model would learn about video that I upload, like what I look like and things like that. And then it would sort of like move my lips to whatever words the AI is saying at the time. Is that how it would work? Yeah, so as of right now, I probably could have sent my clone to this podcast. <laughs> that would be and amazing. You could, you could have spoken to him, but you would yeah. not be able to see him. At, at a certain point, it's my face and it's my clone talking, but it's not actually me. Okay. Yeah. We'll have to, we'll have to do that one day. I'll do a podcast with a clone. That'd be, that's a great idea. And, and the last time we spoke, you said that one of the big use cases is for like property managers. So like a property manager is someone for someone that's not familiar with real estate is, you know, you, you have a house and you're renting it out to people and the people are going to call somebody to get, you know, if their toilets broke or something like that, they're going to call somebody and that's the property manager to fix fix the toilet. Well, this would be a great tool for that because you could have your, the clone be the property manager and it would save you a ton of time and headaches. Because most of the times, for real estate at least, is if a problem does happen, a lot of the times you can talk it through, uh, talk the runner through over the phone, like how to fix things, rather than send someone there that's going to cost $200 an hour for a plumber in this example. So it's a huge time saving. Um, are there any other thing? If you want to elaborate on that, that's cool. But is there anything yeah. other than that that you know you see people doing with your tool? Well, I think the idea of uh, you know scaling yourself to your customers who have questions that you've already answered, and your clone being able to guide them towards a solution is pretty powerful. And like I have my clone in the clone studio of every customer who's creating a clone, and that has saved me so much time. 
<laughs> they're they're like wondering, okay, how can I improve the personality or like how can I improve the voice? And my clone handles all these conversations. And that's kind of relevant to the real estate uh, developers who maybe have to answer all these questions for tenants. Um, so I've talked about the coaches and the experts, but also just business owners who get a lot of the same questions from employees or customers can leverage this to save that inbound. Yeah. And my wife and I were trying to start a coffee shop um, over the last year. It didn't work out, but we had some uh, consultants and mentors, and this would be a great tool for someone like them because, you know, they charge, you know, some people can charge 200, 300 bucks an hour or hundred bucks an hour, but that's, you know, a lot of, that might be, that might be a low cost for them, but it's a high cost for the person that actually needs the advice. So this is like a happy in between because the person that's charging a lot of money, say $200, $300 an hour to consult somebody, um, they don't have the time to do it, but they still want paid and they can just like create their clone and do it for them. So like, for example, um, you know, we, we spoke with a lot of coffee shop owners and we paid them to do that. Um, but they could have just sent their clone to me and that probably would have been just as good. It's like, uh, it's a, it's a great use case. Yeah. And one thing that, that I wanted to point out is that this isn't meant to replace humans entirely, because I mm -hmm. think some people might say, Hey, isn't this going, if like you're, if you're a consultant or if you do charge per hour, some people might say, Hey, isn't this going to kind of ruin my business? I personally think the experience with the human is the best case scenario. Just not everyone is willing to pay that money. So the people who are willing to pay that money, you'll still get because they're willing to pay that money to sit with you. And other people will now be able to access for you at a much lower cost. Right. Like the people that, you know, say again, back to that example, 200 bucks an hour, that, that might be completely out of someone's um, price range and they would never, yeah. ever do it. But they never they think pay, about it. They never think about it. But if, it, if they yeah. subscribe for 50 bucks a month or whatever the person's charging or 20 bucks a month or whatever it is, you know, that's in the ballpark. So it's like you yeah. open up the whole customer base for people. Are there any like applications that you've seen people use your tool? I mean, you're, you're very new, but have, have you seen any applications um, that sort of surprised you? Like on how people have used it? I've been surprised with some of the usage on some of these clones. Like we have one guy who's like an accountability coach and he has created like a bunch of different memberships around his code, his clone, and he's making like 8K a month, um, which, which is pretty substantial for a coach. Um, like how long have you been around? Sorry to interrupt, but we launched our product publicly in December. Um, we, we have, we've had private beta users since like September. Okay. So it's new. It's very new. And this guy's already making 8k a month. Just <laughs> wow. Yeah. And yeah. other people are using it as like a lead gen tool. You know, you connect it to Zapier. Someone talks to your clone because it's like, okay, what can I learn from this person? And you know, they can set it up with their whole marketing stack. Some people just use it as like a, Hey, get to know me. This is on my landing page. Uh, this is who I am. I recently tried it as an experiment for dating purposes. Um, like, Hey, uh, I, I'm single. Here's my clone. If you want to get to know me and we'll see how that goes. That's amazing. Like, how did you even end up, how'd you even do that? Like through Zapier too, or like, how did that, how does that work? I just, I just posted for the dating use case. I just posted yeah. it on Twitter and I was like, Hey, I'm single. I don't have time to go on dating apps. <laughs> Talk to my clone. Uh, if you want to get to know my values and who I am. Yeah. It's like speed dating on steroids there, right? Like post your clone on Twitter or X and then find out, you know, if a thousand girls look at it and, you know, one of them has the same personality that you like, then maybe that's a, a good way to good way, a new way to date. It's going to be fun to, fun to watch. Yeah. And I think that transitions to a, another use case that people are finding value in, and that's the analytics. Um, so for the dating use case, it's kind of obvious 
in the analytics, I can understand, you know, who are the people that maybe I would like based on like what they're talking about Mm -hmm. for authors or content creators, they can see what is the content that is really resonating with my audience or like, what are the questions that keep getting asked over and over again? And it kind of helps you plan out how you should communicate with your clients or your audience or how you should create new content in the future. Yeah. And I think that brings up a good point. Like, so on your platform, if you create a mentorship or manner of yourself, um, or for any use case, really, can you go in and see all those conversations with your clone? Like the people that have had conversations with your clone? Yeah. On the higher tier, uh, right now it's fully anonymized just mm-hmm. because, you know, some people, we, we want to protect the privacy of the consumers. We're trying to find ways in which we can make it unanonymized and let the consumer know that like, hey, if you're having these chats, the clone owner may see these chats, which some people may want. But in the case of like coaching, for example, or like therapy, some of that stuff is very personal and people may not want that data to be shared. Got it. Well, the good news is like, I think it's kind of obvious that you're talking to a clone, like if you're going to use the tool. So yeah. It's not like someone's calling you on the phone and it sounds like a real human and you don't know it's a clone. So we're not trying to trick people. So it's like privacy doesn't matter as much maybe in this case, because you know that data is being shared. I don't know. That's how I would feel at least. Yeah. So I, I think we'll get to a point where we can unanonymize un- it. Definitely. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of magic that goes behind the scenes to make your product work. How does the bot or how does your tool learn about the person? Like, is it, do you upload just, any kind of document you can videos like it's, it seems like you guys are just want the more data the better but how do you get that data to, to, to train uh, your clone the clones on yeah so right now it's it's more optimized for people who have written a lot like I created my clone using my notion because I write a lot in my notion people can upload their blogs their YouTube channels their Twitter uh, their podcasts Google Drive books we have an integration with pretty much anything. One feature that we're working on in the next couple of weeks is interview mode. And that's where your clone will ask you questions uh, where there are gaps in its knowledge. So that that way, wow, that's cool. it becomes easier for anyone to create a clone. Like if I, if I don't, my mom or my dad, for example, may not write a lot, but maybe if they're asked the right questions, the clone can get better and better over time. And eventually they have a clone. It could ask you questions the entire time the clone exists, right? Like a year from now, it might be like, well, I don't know this. So I'm going to ask. Yeah. So it'll look in like its brain and like where it's, where the gaps are, maybe some questions that it got that it couldn't answer and it'll ask those questions. Do you have any competitors out there? And if you do, like what's some of the differentiators between you, yourself and other companies? And that brings up a good, a better point actually is, you know, it seems like these big players like OpenAI and Microsoft and NVIDIA like almost they're going to have a monopoly over this whole AI space. Is that something you fear as a business owner? Because I'm trying to start my own AI app. And that's something I think about all the time. Like tomorrow, OpenAI could come out with some tool that just sort of obliterates my whole business model. I think just as just in the history of startups in general, you know, maybe between 2008 and 2015, and whenever a startup started, people would be like, oh, you're competing with Facebook or Google. What if they just like obliterate you? And yeah. the, the thing that works is just focus and care for the customer. So I think other people might say our competition is Ho or GPT store or character AI, but the difference is we're really focused on letting people create authentic versions of themselves that they can scale. That's, and that's it. We're not trying to be like the all inclusive chatbot platform where you can create bots for different reasons. No, we're creating a cloning platform and that focus 
is what has led us to get customers who have said, hey, we're not really happy with GPT Store or Poe or Character AI. We really like Delphi because this is how I would speak and I can share it with these other platforms and I can monetize it. So that's kind of how I think about competition. If there's anyone who's doing exactly what we're doing, I would maybe say personal AI, but I, I don't think people have taken the specific approach on cloning that we have. No, we've we've interviewed a different a couple, um, probably two or three different companies. Not exactly what you do, but the one difference that I saw is exactly what you just said. It's like very personalized. Like if you go on and try to sign up um, and create a clone, it just it's very your your tool is very thorough. It asks you a ton of questions, and like you just said too, you know those follow up questions are going to be key. Like if it doesn't know something about you, it's going to ask you questions and even get smarter. So uh, yeah. it's very cool. And you can can you use your tool for like customer service as well, like a chatbot on a website or even potentially answering phone calls one day? Yeah. I mean, if, if you uh, started creating your clone in Delphi, you'll see my chatbot is in the bottom right corner of studio. You can ask it questions, you can call him. And I actually get notified whenever you ask my clone a question that it can't answer. So that way I can be like, okay, my clone needs to improve in these areas and maybe I should reach wow. out to this person. And what happens if it doesn't know something? Like, like, say if I'm talking to a clone of you and it doesn't know something, how does it respond usually? Uh, we have a strictness score and the score is like, okay, I want the clone to try to reason on new information based on everything it's been trained on. Or I want the clone to just say like, I don't know, sorry about that. So it really depends. Uh, there, there's a full spectrum. I keep mine pretty strict, but some people like the reasoning capabilities. So we leave it option open. And I see like another use case for this seems like, you know, influencers or celebrities that don't have time to respond to their to their fan base you know if taylor swift wants to create her own clone she could do it on delphi do you have any celebrities that you can share with us or, or people that anybody would know that's user tool i know you're very early so if you don't that's cool but uh, do you have any anyone that's reached out to you that uh people would know uh so I we haven't fully started our outreach to big name celebrities yet we uh -huh. have like uh we have like a dj sam felt and we have a real housewife of New York. Her name is Jill Zarin, which, awesome. is, which is funny. Um, I, I, one feature I'm excited about that we're releasing this week is putting your clone in your Instagram DMs. And I think that's going to make a lot of sense for some of these big name celebrities and influencers who just, their DMs are just cluttered. And, you know, your clone can kind of manage that for you and maybe guide people towards the right place. So it will auto, it can auto respond in DMs? Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. All right. <laughs> that's really cool. Like <laughs> yeah. if anybody has a decent sized Twitter account, they'll know that like replying to people and, and replying to DMs, it can take you a while. Like every day, you know, I've got maybe close to 10,000 followers on, on X and every day before when I sort of while I'm stretching and working uh, before I work out, I just respond to, you know, anybody on Twitter that's, that, that's reached out to me, but that can take like a half hour and I only have take some time. Yeah. I only have 10,000 followers. It's nothing compared to, you know, Kim Kardashian or something, you know, so yeah, the amount of DM she's getting. Yeah. But if they, if they can respond to people, it's going to really increase their brand awareness too. Just, just by doing that alone, you know, people exactly. really care about them. So that's awesome. Like what are your main focuses on growing Delphi? Is it to reach out to like celebrities or do you have one facet you're trying trying to focus on right right now, like mentorship or celebrities, or is there one area that you're really looking into to grow in? I think celebrities, I think is a great niche on its own as a startup. Um, like if we wanted to start with celebrities, we'd probably have to act more like a talent agency than a startup. 
So I feel like celebrities is a niche that we'll tackle as we get bigger. Right now, experts and coaches and content creators and uh, secondarily small business owners are the ones that are make sense for how big we are um, as we like think about our next round of funding and growing. And you know, from a product perspective, I told you we're planning to have video later this year. So that's, uh, that's top of mind. Yeah, that'll be really awesome if you can speak with somebody and it sort of looks good enough that you can you think it's them. That'll be awesome. <laughs> yeah, cool. I would love that. I've been I've been onboarding customers manually myself, and uh, I'd love to send my clone to these onboarding calls. <laughs> yeah, if anybody doesn't know this, Dar is like crazy because every single onboarding. I don't. I know you've changed things a little bit, but every single person that signs up, he schedules a call with and onboards them personally. So that's incredible. An awesome service for somebody so but i'm sure you're getting Thank tired you. of that as well <laughs> that's ending that's ending in two weeks it was uh, okay. 8 a.m 8 a.m to 8 p.m non-stop meetings can only go so far yeah i'm sure you're gonna have a party after that in terms of like you know more general questions in, in ai in general what are your thoughts i mean there's all these scare tactics out there that ai is going to overtake the world and humans are doomed what are your thoughts on AI in general, like in those in those type of situations? Do you think that's going to happen, or do you think it's more of going to be a tool to really help humans uh, exponentially get smarter and more efficient at things? I th I'm more of an optimist for sure. Like I understand the bear case, and you know, I would like to say all humans are good, but you definitely have bad actors. But I I think that's the real de detail. I'm not scared of AI alone. I'm scared of AI in the wrong hands which ultimately like being scared of the wrong people leveraging AI for the wrong reasons. Um, I think that's why the conversation of AI being in the hands of like a few companies is scary because then yeah. you're giving a lot of power to these people. Um, but the other side of the spectrum is scary too. If it's fully open source and democratized, it's much easier that it gets in the wrong hands. So it's a very complicated debate and I understand both sides. I'm, I haven't quite picked a side yet. But I'm definitely leaning more towards optimism and like, you know, accelerationism. Yeah, we can only hope, you know, it's I think Bill Gates and Sam Ullman sat down recently. And that's one thing Bill Gates said. He's like, you know, the one thing I'm scared about is AI gets in the wrong hands. Hopefully it doesn't. But it's going to be interesting because, you know, there's going to be a lot of regulation out there eventually. Uh, in the U.S., it seems like it's all lip service at this point. But the European Union, Union has already uh, implemented some regulations. But it, it comes to the point where like. What if one or two countries in the whole world don't regulate at all? You know, that could ruin all regulation for everybody if if everybody That's the thing. I don't think that I don't think the whole world is going to unite on one thing. So Pandora's box is already open. And if that's the mentality we're gonna have, we gotta accept this new world and figure out how to work with it versus try to like prevent it from happening. Because it's already happening. It's already happening. It's like you can't you can't stop this train. I don't think it's it's gonna, you know, it's gonna go in the direction it wants to go. We can sort of point it where we want it to go but it's yeah. it's, on, it's it's on the tracks and headed down quickly mm -hmm. so in terms of funding like uh you mentioned you've got some backing right now can you go into a little bit of details about that and what are you looking to to grow the company in the next year or two yeah so we raised our seed round from founders fund lux capital x fund and uh balaji Srinivasan, and we're hoping to raise our series a later this year and obviously we want to have like thousands of paying customers we want hundreds of thousands of weekly active users on the consumer side learning from clones and we really want to see like have a narrative about like what are the conversations people are having with clones and are they actually getting value out of it that's what we want like we, we don't allow ai girlfriends on our platform because we think that's a net negative for society we want 
the clones on our platforms to actually be maybe positive in, in terms of like teaching people or, you know, answering questions or providing companionship in like a positive way and not necessarily in like an addictive way. Got it. Well, can someone come on your site right now? Say if they like another hot thing is creating an AI influencer on Instagram, for example, there's like that, that one, one, uh, one girl from Barcelona, Barcelona that everybody's talking about. Um, and she's got like over 200,000 followers or something like that. Can you go on your platform Delphi and create a influencer based on nothing? So it's not based on you. It's not a clone, but you just want to create an AI bot, for example, based on what you feed it, or is that possible or not? You could, you technically could right now. Um, eventually we're going to be working on guardrails so that it's more like a Facebook or LinkedIn where like you can't just create a LinkedIn profile of a fake person. Um, okay. You need like some sort of identity verification because that that's like the focus we're focused on people and augmenting people and not just creating, you know, fake characters. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, Cause you, you're, you're like your whole business model is cloning humans and it sort of doesn't fit that, fit that model. Yeah. It's just the focus. You know, I think with AI, it's very easy to be like, wow, there's so many opportunities. Let me try to do everything. But that's how you actually end up not being amazing at anything. Right, right. Your and your your website is very polished. It looks like you've got some great developers working on your on your platform. How did you, you know, from your last company that you worked at, how did you get started? Like, how did you form the team and put everything together? Because I think a lot of people out there, out there are interested in, you know, how business owners get started and how they create their team. Yeah. So I was very lucky to meet my co-founder at Open Store. We're very similar. Um, our values are the same. And I think when you're building a company, everything is rooted on values and the culture you want to build. Um, and that is the biggest filter for hiring. You know, you may be the smartest person in the world, but you don't fit with our values. You're not going to be a good fit. And it's funny because like almost every person on my team that we've hired has come through Twitter. We had, you know, recruiting firms and all this stuff. None of that worked out. It all came through yeah. Twitter. I just started posting people who resonated with my content reached out or like I reached out and that's how they've ended up joining the company. That's very cool. And it's free and you don't have to yeah, pay a huge commission for, for um, recruitment. So win-win for everybody. Awesome. Yeah. People think, people think, uh, you know, you put the energy out there, it'll come back to you. And mm -hmm. Twitter is one of those platforms is like, you can put that energy out there and you can get investors, you can get employees, maybe girlfriends with that clone post that I did, you know, <laughs> who knows? Another great thing about your company is it sort of marks markets itself. Like you can just say, well, you can clone yourself. That's good enough right there to get a lot of attention. So are, exactly. in terms of marketing, is there anything else that you guys are doing? You're on Twitter. Um, what, are there any kind of secrets uh, that you can share with the audience to, that, that have helped you grow to this point? I think a focus on brand and values. Like w when you stand for something, people take notice. And I think we, we have, we're very strict about what we stand for as a company. Um, what we don't allow, what we do approve, and you begin to build like a evangelist and your evangelist will spread your message for you. And the great thing about Delphi is whenever someone creates a clone, they will end up posting it on some social media and that becomes like a self-marketing growth hack. Yeah, for sure. So how does that look? Like say if I want to clone myself and, and post it on Twitter, is it just, it's just a link I'd assume, um, or is it a video of yourself? I mean, I guess you can do it both ways, but how do you guys uh, promote? you know, other people's clones on Twitter, or, you know, if I want to promote mine, how does that work? Yeah, you can post the clone on Twitter. We have like a custom embedding image that will show up when you post it on Twitter. We would like to get to the point where we can make it interactive in Twitter. I know it's possible. We just don't know how to do it yet. Um, same with, with Instagram, you know, some creators will post in their story, hey, AMA, ask me anything. But now they can just be like, hey, AMA, I'm busy. 
ask my clone anything and it'll have like a little session. Do you even know how that would work on Twitter? Like how would you? It would have to go through the link. It would have to go through the link. But oh, I see. With, the update, with the update we have next week, with the clone being able to respond to DMs, you could just go directly to their Instagram, reply to the Instagram story with a question and the clone would respond. Got it. Got it. Very, that's awesome. Very cool. What's your medium term vision? We went over like maybe the, what the next year you're looking to do, but um, is the medium term vision to, do you have anything down the, you know, that's very complicated to implement on your end that you're looking to do over the next two or three or four or five years? Yes, yeah, so we have, we have a roadmap for both the supply and demand side of the product. Supply side is pretty obvious, you know, make it easier to create your clone, make it easier to share your clone, make the video better, the voice calling better. Um, right now, cl cloning is great for inbound. So if people are coming your way, they can ask questions. We want to make cloning also great for outbound. The clone can create content. The clone can post. The clone can reach out to people all in your voice. So that's on the supply side. On the demand side, we'd love to create like a very personalized experience where you land in Delphi. You know, you talk about your life, maybe what you're trying to achieve, some goals, and it'll match you with all of the relevant people that have talked about something similar or that have done something similar. So you can kind of... Uh, discover people in a way. So that's how we're thinking about both sides of the marketplace. Um, and then as consumers use Delphi and learn from people, they actually end up creating the data needed to create a clone of themselves through their conversations with clones. So right now, cloning is easy for people who have a lot of content. We hope in the future, it's easy for everyone. Sometimes it's hard to wrap my head around all this because there's so much novel and new th new technology out there that is really going to change our world um, in a way that we can't even foresee yet. One of the one of the cool things that I think is really going to start to take off maybe in the next five years or so is like AI robots, like Tesla has the Optimus 2 robot they're, that they're working on. And, and it's something that you could buy for, I think they're selling it for like, they're going to sell it for around $20,000 when it's available. Um, and it could come and clean your house and, you know, do chores for you, things like that. But that's one thing that maybe you know, you can't, this is way down the road, but you could clone yourself and put it in a physical form one day. Um, what do you think about that? Like your physical clone as a robot? I have thought about it. I don't know if the use case makes sense for a lot of our customers. Maybe if like you're a professor and you want to teach in multiple classrooms physically, that makes sense. Maybe if you're an athlete or like if you're in a profession that it requires physical presence, then it's fine. But like, I don't know why I would want a physical clone of myself. I think that would just freak me out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it, like this topic always comes up for our podcast and it's like, are we going to get to the point where we want to talk not to a human being, but we want to talk to AI instead because our AI friend is never going to talk back to us. We're never going to get into fights with the AI friend. They're always going to know everything about us. They're going to understand us perfectly. So do you think- I hate that. Eventually you hate that, yeah. Well, I think uh, think about like how- this generation, the youngest generation is obsessed with TikTok. It's just like immediate dopamine rush. They'd rather watch TikTok than go outside or like, you know, read a book. They'd rather do the easy thing than the hard thing. So just in a dystopian way, it seems very likely given that human nature likes easy things with high dopamine, that they will tend to want to talk to AI friends that do not give them hard times, even though that's worse for their professional and personal development. Oh, 100%. It seems like that's gonna happen whether we want it to or not, just like, you know, social media has taken over our lives and people are on their phones all the time. It's not a good thing. Um, so maybe we're just, we're just going to head down that path where like your friends are AI bots. I mean, I hope it doesn't get there. Like one of the things that it would be terrible is 
you know, if you have a friend that agrees with all you, uh, you all the time, it's not part of hu- like your human nature. You need to be challenged, right? You need to be challenged. You need to be challenged. By, like we need, yes. yeah. You need to be challenged by your wife or your friends. And it sort of makes your relationship stronger in the long term. 100%. It's going to be really uh, wild to see how all this plays out. And back to Delphi in terms of, because I forgot to ask you this, in terms of pricing, uh, you mentioned it's uh, subscription-based, right? Like it, can the person that creates the clone um, charge anything they want or is it uh, directed by you guys? So... We have a free tier for people who want to create a clone. And then there's three price tiers where they pay monthly depending on usage and features. And then if they want to monetize their clone, they can set the price. They can set the number of messages they want to allow per month, the number of minutes for calling, whether to allow texting or Telegram. Um, we're, we're going to be adding Slack as well. I think Slack is really interesting because there's like a lot of coaches who coach executives in, con- in companies. And you can imagine them also upselling with their clone for employees to have sessions with in like the Slack channel. So I think that could be something interesting that we're exploring. Um, but yeah, that's how you monetize. Okay. And obviously it's working because that one guy's making a lot of money so far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One use case. And didn't you say that guy, he's really not like even a big influencer. He's sort of just- uh, He has super followers. He's not a big influencer, but he has, that's the thing. He has people who trust him. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you have an audience and people trust you for certain information, then they want to ask you questions. People already try to do that. Like you said, they try to DM you on Twitter. They're already in the motion of trying to do this thing. And this product is just kind of like a layer to handle that inbound. Sure. And like, do you envision like how this is going to go? Like say if it does take off and everybody starts to make their own clone of themselves, is there kind is there any like unforeseen things that are going to happen because of that? If, if, if we get to that point that that you've thought about? Uh, well, I think there's a whole issue of privacy we need to figure out. Like if you want to train your clone on text or WhatsApp to, so that it knows more about like how you think about things, there's a risk of that data being you know, available to anyone who talks to your clone. So that's one that's thing. It's a, problem we re- it's, it's a problem we need to solve. How can you train a clone to make it better on data without exposing that data? Um, but something I'm really excited about in like the long distance feature of Delphi is simulating conversations and what i mean by that is if everyone has a clone you could have like delphi recruiting where you send your clone and talk to a million candidates and your clone tells you hey like these are the people that would be great for your company or you could do delphi dating where you have your clone talk to a million other clones and says hey these are the people that you might get along with um so i think there's a lot of interesting things you can do with simulation of like activities now now if it if we do get to that point where there's you know, you've got a thousand clones talking to, you know, thousands of different people. Is there a point where the clones will talk to each other and then give you feedback, like on whatever you need? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like a clone, I want you to talk to uh, Marcus Aurelius, for example, and like hmm. have a conversation about this subject and tell me what you guys found out. Wow. <laughs> and that's something that can, is that something you can do right now or? You probably could do right now, but huh. it's not easy to do right now. Like we haven't productized it yet. Like you can pretty much do anything with Delphi as long as the product has an API can talk to. Is that true? You mean in terms of actions or like letting the clones do more than just? Yeah. Like say, like you said, you know, you can DM somebody on Instagram, right? With Delphi. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So as long as like the, the product you're trying to integrate with has an API, then you should be able to integrate Delphi integrate. with that. If there's, yeah, exactly. if there's a demand for it. Exactly. Yeah. And even if there's not, someone could probably integrate it themselves via Zapier or something, some product like that, I'd imagine. Yeah. Yeah. We, for, like for Telegram, for example, uh, 
like we'll have the customer create a bot and they just put in their API key. That way we don't have to handle it all in-house. Um, can you go into the backend tech that, you know, I know a lot of companies have their own secret sauce, but can you go into the tech that you're using to create these in the first place? Um, like are you using, what, what kind of LLMs are you using? What kind of code are you using? Uh, things like that. Yeah, so we're, we're a multi-model architecture. Um, we use Mistral, OpenAI, Claude, and the, in trying to recreate how a human mind works, how you store and retrieve and like manage the data is actually more, almost more important than the model because uh, you're trying to replicate how the brain works. So when you talk to me, I am kind of interpreting what you're saying, what you're trying to figure out what your intention is, trying to figure out what's relevant, trying to think about our past relationship history, and I'm planning ahead for our conversation in a few steps. So that all comes into play in my final response. And those are all like different models. And that's kind of how the brain works. We have a bunch of different pattern recognition areas in our brain that kind of takes different parts of a conversation and relays them as we speak. I take a lot of inspiration from Raker as well. He wrote a book about called How to Create a Mind, um, which is kind of what we're trying to do. <laughs> Good book to read, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so do you route the... Like depending on what the person asks or what the person's saying, do you route that to a different LLM, um, or, or like depending on what they're saying? Depending really on their intention, yeah. Sometimes, yeah. and it's not the LLM is really good. It's just like we have different models for different things, and sometimes we redirect them based on the attention. Is there anything else that you want to let everybody know about uh, about your product that maybe you know people don't think about? with a voice, with a cloning tool. I mean, that's new in and of itself, but is there anything else that, you know, you can share? Uh, on the consumer side, I yeah. use Delphi almost every day. Um, like I, I will call Keith or like someone who's relevant. Uh, we have this feature called quick ask, which is kind of like what I described where you can ask a question and it'll show all the relevant people that you can talk to. And I, I recommend trying out the calling feature and I'm, I'm obviously biased, but I, I use it pretty often. And it's pretty useful when you want like tactical advice. So like, who do you, you use it every day, but like, how do you use it specifically? Like uh, maybe I have a situation and I want to talk through a specific circumstance uh -huh. and there are people who maybe have achieved something that I want to achieve. And so talking to them kind of helps. And the more I use Delphi, the more the Delphi platform knows about me. So those conversations start with, okay, Dara's the CEO of Delphi. I already have this context. So I don't need to like fill it in on what it doesn't know already. Awesome. And then you're saying on the the consumer side and the other the the other side, there's something as well. The yeah, yeah, the clone side. So if if you're interested if you're interested in creating a clone, uh, we have this readiness score that shows you how good how accurate your clone is in representing you. And so um, when you create your clone, you want to get that score to like seventy percent, and then it's usually pretty good. And you can always add more. The more, the better. Um, but if you want your audience to use your clone, we've seen best practices as like putting it in your Twitter bio, your Instagram bio, um, marketing it not as a, hey, talk to an AI version of me, but hey, imagine if you could have 24-7 access to my knowledge or my content and it's personalized to you. So I think when you're, when you're talking about product in general, you should never focus it on the technology because that's going to get short-term interest, but not long-term enduring you know, retention, you should talk about the value that it's going to give to people. And that's what we've seen do the best for the clones that are doing well. Yeah. I, you know, there's so many, like, you know, I follow a bunch of people on YouTube for finance or for web development, things like that. So that'd be a good use case because in those use cases, those people know something very specific through their experience over the years that nobody else knows. And you could ask them questions on Delphi if they, you know, if they have an account and it will 
you know, you don't have to call them or pay them or anything. I mean, not pay them like $200 an hour. You just pay the subscription fee. So, um, yeah, very, very, very awesome. Is there anything else you want to promote right now? Feel free to do it. Uh, Dara. Uh, no, I think we have a product. If you're interested in cloning yourself, let me know. You can do it on our website. I respond very quickly to my email. So if you have any questions, my email is dara at delphi.ai. Everyone out there, please subscribe to our email newsletter. It's fry-ai.com forward slash subscribe. We write interesting news stories every every day about AI. And then on Sunday, we will write a long form article on Delphi as well. Um, that should be out in probably two to three weeks. Well, thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. <laughs>